Do you struggle with concentration? Have you ever thought of your brain health long-term? Bomar Nutrition is revolutionizing the nootropic and cognitive health industry with sharp nootropic powder and patent-pending bright daily capsules, powered by NeuroBloom. If you struggle with focusing, think of Sharp as brain food that supports concentration. Sharp works with your natural brain chemistry to provide a heightened sense of well-being that can delay cognitive decline and also increase mood. Bomar Sharp tastes amazing and comes in many different flavors, available in caffeinated and non-caffeinated versions. While Sharp is a short-term aid in cognitive health, think of Bright Daily Capsules as a way to improve overall brain health and prevent cognitive decline long-term. As we age, so does our brain. Supplementing with Bright has the potential to delay this aging process and helps your brain function optimally. Stay ahead of the curve and order yours today at bomarnutrition.com and save $5 off with code GENIUS5. Forget frequently asked questions. Common sense. Common knowledge. Or Google. How about advice from a real genius? 95% of people in any profession are good enough to be qualified and licensed. 5% go above and beyond. They become very good at what they do. But only 0.1% are real geniuses. Richard Jacobs has made it his life's mission to find them for you. He hunts down and interviews geniuses in every field. Sleep science, cancer, stem cells, ketogenic diets, and more. Here come the geniuses. This is the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Finding Genius Podcast, now part of the Finding Genius Foundation. I have Graham Cowan. He works on building resilient teams, working with workplace fatigue, stress, and lack of innovation in the workplace. So he helps leaders build caring and more resilient teams in the workforce. He hosts the Caring CEO podcast, and that's where he interviews senior leaders that want to strive to build a culture of care and high performance at the same time. So, Graham, thanks for coming. My pleasure, Richard. So what what motivates you to uh, want to help CEOs and build teams that are successful? Maybe it's a silly question, but, you know, what, what in your background caused you to go into this area? I was a vice president for Carney, which is a, a global consulting company, and uh, this is about 15 years ago. And uh, I went through a very difficult time. I, I crashed and burned and I was actually out of work for five years. I was, you know, had a really severe case of uh, depression. And then my journey out of that, uh, you know, included writing a number of books and then people asking me to speak. And, uh, you know, first of all, it was mainly around mental health. And 10 years ago, workplaces didn't think there were any issues around mental health. Well, they pretended there wasn't. But that's really changed substantially in the last five years. And so I talk about self-care, which is uh, building personal resilience. I talk about crew care, which is building psychologically safe and resilient teams. And Red zone care, which is how we identify someone who's struggling, ask, are you okay, and uh, guide them to the help they need. Yeah, um, I guess the uh, the recurrent theme I've I've seen across all, all organizations, and I haven't seen it to nearly as many as you have, but the recurrent theme I've seen is that um, if you don't take care of your people, then your organization will start to have all kinds of problems. What, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's, it's very, very much so. And one of the reasons that I started the Caring CEO podcast was to show that there really were lots of very successful leaders out there that champion both. You know, there's Gallup research that tells you that this statement, my supervisor or someone at work seems to care about me as a person. The more people that strongly agree with that, the higher the profit, the higher the productivity, 
and uh, you know the higher the customer service levels. It's just so that's the theory. But you know, I've now interviewed close to thirty CEOs and with organisations up to fifty five thousand people, and they really see it as a high priority. And I think the pandemic has really accentuated that. And uh, mental health has become much more a CEO issue than it was before. Well, um, in the organizations you work with, how many customer-facing people do they have? And what have you noticed about the mental health change of customer-facing people versus more internal people? How have they changed throughout the pandemic? Yeah, well, you know, some of the people, the larger firms I've worked with have uh, is a bank, a large Australian bank called ANZ. They've got about 35,000 employees and also Bunnings, a very large hardware store here in Australia that has 55,000 employees. And to be honest, it really is the front-facing employees and also the direct managers that have the most difficulty in, in coping. You know, many of the stores have tried to stay open when they can, and uh, and there's lots of, you know, angst and anxiety with customers. And you hear reports of people flaring up and active acting in a very unreasonable way these are the customers and of course that's had a huge toll on the customer facing employees and also their managers and so you know my message for them is that there is so much outside your control at the moment and you need to focus on the things you can do that will boost your mood what what have you noticed uh, again what what particular strains or what has been the toll of the strains on customer facing people and organizations like what's what are the managers noticing? What are you noticing as an outside consultant? You know, what do you see as different? I think people are just, they're tired and fatigued because of the rate of change. You know, there's, there's things change every single day. And that change does take away some of our fuel, the things that keep us going. And, you know, having customers that are, that, uh, are unreasonable and lose their temper is very, very hard on the front page, front facing employees and, and their managers. It's, and, you know, I think that there's, it's taken its toll. The last, uh, you know, two years, two and a half years have gradually worn down people and particularly those that, you know, are working in the front-facing retail-type stores. You know, for those of us that have been lucky enough to work from home, it hasn't been nearly as hard. There's been some issues, but not nearly as many as those that have to front up every day. Are you seeing any um, of the great resignation type factors? Like are employees less resilient to criticism? Are they just stretched to the limit? And if managers, let's say, ask more of them, do they just say, forget it, I quit? Like, what are you noticing is the dynamic between management and, um, you know, management's employees? Yeah, you know, there have been many, many people that have changed jobs or are thinking about changing jobs and all the research, you know, confirms that. And I think it's it's sort of, you know, going through a tough time in your workplace, but also people have been really reevaluating their lifestyle and what they're doing. You know, in some places, they're choosing to move from capital cities to rural areas because it's a better style of living and uh, not as expensive. And you can very reasonably do that as now because uh, because of remote, remote working, you know, being able to work with Zoom and other technologies just mean that you can work away. And uh, so people are, are reevaluating that. They're tired and uh, I think a bit upset by, you know, some of these unreasonable customers they're experiencing. And there is definitely a move to people, you know, trying to refresh their life, trying to reboot their life. And that often involves thinking about a new job. 
Well, uh, the problems in organizations coming from the uh, the customers, so you know, suddenly more pissy. Or, uh, I mean, from my experience with different organizations, it seems like if management has procedures that they haven't been there in person to observe the effects of, then you put the the client facing employees in a bad spot. So I think if management procedures and policies aren't done right and constantly updated, then, you know, of course, there's going to be more blowback, more frustration from customers, more interactions and more stress. So when you come in to consult with an organization, are you just saying, ah, you got unreasonable customers, we're just going to work on this part of it? Or are you also looking at what the, you know, the customer facing people are forced to do or what they have to do in their interactions with clients? And maybe the friction's there. I always talk about to focus on what, what you can control and you can't control an unreasonable customer. You can help to pacify them, but you can't control them. You can't control what, you know, the law says you can and can't do, what the pandemic says we can and can't do. So my emphasis, not just for front-facing people, but for anyone is to focus on the things they can control. And, you know, the research tells us that 50% of our mood is determined by our, our genetics and 40% is by our intentional actions, what we choose to do each day. And so I encourage people to think about three things or three areas of well-being and resilience. The first is vitality, and that's our physical health, you know, good exercise, good sleep, good food. Next is intimacy, and that's our emotional well-being. And so that's having strong relationships at work, but also outside work, you know, relationships and meaningful relationships are probably the highest predictor of well-being. And so just making sure that people make time for people that are good for them is a really important element. And then the third component of uh, well-being is what I call prosperity. And this is our contribution well-being. This comes from sometimes the work we do, seeing purpose in the work we do. Sometimes it can be the purpose we see in charities we work for or schools or sports teams. And uh, those three things, vitality, intimacy, and prosperity, the acronym for that is, is VIP. And I encourage people to act like a VIP. And so every day to think about what are the little things I can do to tap up my physical energy, my emotional energy, and my contribution energy. And it's important to do all three because it's like a, a three-legged stool. If uh, you know you have one that's really weak, the stool falls over. And so having a balanced approach to well-being and resilience is a, is a critical element. Do you struggle with concentration? Have you ever thought of your brain health long-term? Bomar Nutrition is revolutionizing the nootropic and cognitive health industry with sharp nootropic powder and patent-pending bright daily capsules, powered by NeuroBloom. If you struggle with focusing, think of Sharp as brain food that supports concentration. Sharp works with your natural brain chemistry to provide a heightened sense of well-being that can delay cognitive decline and also increase mood. Bomar Sharp tastes amazing and comes in many different flavors, available in caffeinated and non-caffeinated versions. While Sharp is a short-term aid in cognitive health, think of Bright Daily Capsules as a way to improve overall brain health and prevent cognitive decline long-term. As we age, so does our brain. Supplementing with Bright has the potential to delay this aging process and helps your brain function optimally. Stay ahead of the curve and order yours today at bomarnutrition.com and save $5 off with code GENIUS5. This sounds like advice, though, to the employees that themselves, but what advice do you have to the organization to make your employees' lives easier and better and allow them to have vitality and, and all these things? I mean, just it just feels like I'm imagining myself as an employee and like, you know, 
someone comes in and you tell, oh, you got to have this, that, and the other. And I'm sitting here thinking like, well, look, management uh, doesn't seem to care or, you know, we're getting this stuff from customers and management doesn't respond and we have to deal with the flack. And do you hear that? Like, or like, how does this go? These types of interactions when you deal with a company, what areas do you find need help and attention and what kind of response do you get? Yeah, you, you know, you're absolutely right. We can't um, just focus on employee goodwill and employee resilience to address it. And so I do talk about the, you know, the three elements of having a we care team. And the first element is self-care. That's building resilience for ourselves. The next element is crew care. And that's how you build more psychologically safe and resilient team. And this really comes about by people understanding the best teams have two or three common things in common. And they are that we have each other's back. You know, we support each other. We are able to support each other when we fall down ourselves. We also need to build a sense of connection and belonging. And that connection and belonging is a really critical component. As people, we have this need to belong. And for many of us, you know, we have the most connection when we are in the physical workplace with our colleagues. And so having those supportive relationships where we have each other's back is a, a really important element. And then the third element is, you know, really thinking about we enjoy ourselves. How can we you know, think about ways to bring some fun into our work. And there's even, you know, groups that I know have appointed a chief fun officer for their team. And so these teams that know how to A, build their own resilience, B, have a psychologically safe and resilient teams, and C, now know how to look out for someone who's distressed and help them. So that's at the team level. And the manager of the team determines 70% of the well-being and engagement of an individual. And the organization also has to take a real responsibility in this. And, you know, the research shows that there's sort of like three types of intervention for well-being and resilience in organization. The first is where we help someone after they've fallen over and they're in really bad shape, and we encourage them to see a doctor or a psychiatrist. That's the worst. The second one, or what they call secondary approach, is around training to help prevent these things happen. So that's doing training to improve personal and team resilience. But the third one, and it's called the primary approach or proactive approach, that's where the organization really makes an effort to understand what's going on, looks at absenteeism, looks at you know stress claims, looks at all these things, tries to find out what are the root causes of the stress and do something about it. And by far the most successful is this primary approach where people, where organizations think about how can we prevent this? How can we be proactive? And uh, it's the best outcomes for the organization, but also for the individual employee. Well, did you have any case studies come to mind that were really uh, exciting and how much things improved? Any details without naming names that you can talk about? Yeah, well, you know, I, th I think, the leaders can play a really big role and they do it by setting an example. And I'll just think of one leader that I interviewed and it's on the public record, the, uh, the podcast, so I can say where it's from. His name is Mike Schneider and he's the CEO of Bunnings. This is a large retail network in Australia, which has 55,000 employees. Now, Mike leads with what he calls the four H's. This is his personal leadership approach. And so the first thing is to be honest with everyone. Tell people what's going on. Be realistic. The second is humility. And this is where 
you know, leaders don't try and put themselves above, above their, their staff. They say, we're all in this together. And I've heard Mike Schneider, this leader, say that, you know, he's found it really hard as well. And he had to, he had to get a, a mindset coach to help keep him in the right frame of mind for it. And he's spoken about that publicly, you know, to all the employees and encouraged them to reach out and make help. The third H is, is helpful. And Mike, by example, is just, that's part of his mission to be helpful to his employees, to be helpful to his customers. And then the final element is, uh, is hope, you know, provide hope and uh, provide a positive outlook for those people that are really struggling. And all sorts of things have, have happened. Like Mike, he interviewed me for a broadcast that went out to every employee via the uh, Facebook workforce thing and he you know he talks honestly about it he, he, on this one podcast someone reached out and said to is this just a recording you know if it's not a recording do uh you know 20 push-ups and mike you know was it was a live thing and, uh, and so he said oh well i'll give it a, give it a shot and he did his 20 push-ups and then he said well i'd like to put a challenge out to every one of our 500 warehouses you know what you all to do at the end of the day you know 20 push-ups hashtag challenge accepted and so this sense of fun and spirit went around the whole network where you know groups of 200 people were all doing their push-ups together you know someone was filming it uploading it to sort of thing so it's, it's a way of lightening the mood it's a way of helping to negotiate difficult customers and like Bunnings, it, it's virtually been open the, the whole time because it's been determined as, a, as an essential service. And I've seen videos of totally ridiculous customers, like really unreasonable customers that, uh, you know, front the front-facing staff had to see. And I, I was just blown away by how well the, those Bunnings frontline employees handled the situation, didn't lose their things, but didn't let the, the customer get their way. This, this customer was refusing to put their mask on to come into the store. And they just, it was a public health policy that they, you know, you had to have the mask on. So, you know, that's an example where these leaders can have a profound impact in having fun in, we're all in this together. And uh, if we stay cool, we're going to win. What are some of the top ways in which organizations fall down and don't perform and don't engage well with the public and with their own employees? I think there has been a real change. In my experience, most managers are trying really hard to provide a, um, an engaging environment. And to be honest, I think they are really struggling now. I think managers are having a difficult time now because they've been trying to please everyone else, often at their own expense. And uh, I think some companies are recognising the strain on managers, but not everyone. And if there's one, you know, thing that they could work on, it would be tapping into the frustrations, the stress of those managers and considering what are things we can do to help them. And it's not always easy to do training because, you know, in retail sort of situations, everyone has to be on the floor, you know, it's a retail environment. But, you know, I think the more progressive organisations are thinking about fun and engaging training to help people boost their mood and cope better with customers. But it's not boring compliance training. It's innovative and really focused on putting knowledge into action. And that is, in my view, that is the thing that organizations should be working on right now is really trying to 
understand what's going on for managers and put in place simple programs to boost their mood and also to boost their capacity to interact with customers as well as their frontline employees. What does that mean? Like what are managers experiencing then? Are they getting more recalcitrant employees or lazy employees or just tired employees? And, And does the manager have to step in and become a counselor? Like what's going on with, what are the unique pressures on managers? It is, you know, their employees have been going through lots of change and so they're a bit irritable, but also so are customers. So it's a double whammy. You know, this is not saying everyone's like that, but a significant number are, and it's just leading to tiredness and fatigue. And, uh, you know, that's something that, you know, most managers just need to remember and employees that self-care isn't selfish, that, you know, we are, we can't help others. We can't be supportive if we're not in good shape ourselves. And that, I think, is a mantra we should all be saying right now. Self-care isn't selfish. Invest in, you know, doing the things that improve our mood and our energy levels. That then flows on to other people. So what does your consultancy look like when you work with a business? Are you on site looking at procedures and interviewing a whole bunch of people or like how does it work when the company works with you what are they what can they expect to see the most important thing is getting to understand the the challenges and that's obviously takes quite a few interviews but we haven't been able to fly in australia and so doing national jobs all has to be do remotely so primarily they often hire me to do a series of three webinars to the group And the first one is around self-care, and that's resilience for uncertain times. The second one is crew care, and that is building more psychologically safe and resilient teams. And then red zone care, how we identify a work colleague, a customer, or a loved one and who's struggling and to help them along the way. Following those presentations, there's then a, a series of, you know, 20 to 30 minute online programs to embed the learning and to encourage them to put that knowledge into action. What kind of situations would require a red zone intervention? What are some examples? It's just when people, you know, aren't being themselves. They are being more more irritable. They're snapping or they're turning up late from for work when they don't normally do that or they're aren't able to concentrate as much. And, you know, it's changes in mood, it's changes in how they dress and present, it's changes in circumstances. And, you know, we just encourage people to managers or or even work colleagues to ask, are you okay? To say, look, I've just noticed you've been acting a little bit differently. Are you okay? Is is everything okay? Then just really probing and, and trying to understand what's going on because often we don't know the real root cause. Like someone might be turning up late for work. When you ask probing questions, you find out they're not sleeping well and you find out that they're not sleeping well because their son has become an ice addict. And so identifying those root causes, helping people to feel understood, that increases the probability that they will take action and seek out help to begin their recovery. So we're not asking managers to be counsellors. We're just asking them to show some support, show some empathy, ask, are you okay? And encourage them to seek expert help. Makes sense. Okay. What kind of organizations do you tend to work with where these this, this works well? Like what size, what industries, et cetera? What are good customers for you? What do they look like? You know, to be honest, it is the full spectrum, Richard. You know, I work for government, I work for private enterprise, I work for -for not-for-profits. Probably most of my work is for organisations of 2,000 and above, somewhere in that vicinity. But in the last year, I've also done, you know, 
probably 30% I work for groups that have uh, less than 100 employees. And I think that's because the CEO of that organization has identified that this is a critical business issue. Whereas previously, you know, before the turmoil of the pandemic, that was often left to HR, which often don't have larger budgets. But, you know, many, many CEOs and their executive team identify that getting the people right, getting the mood right across the organization is really critical to being agile and adaptive, which we all have to be in this world right now. Mm. Well, very good. Graham, what's the best way for companies to reach out to you? Where can they go? There's probably two areas, either via LinkedIn, I'm very active on LinkedIn, but also my website, which is grahamcowan.com.au. That's spelled G-R-A-E-M-E-C-O-W-A-N.com.au. And and also the programs, the scalable programs to prevent mental health issues is on the website, factorc.com.au. So that's factor and then cforcare.com.au. Okay. Well, very good. Graham, thank you for what you do and for coming on the podcast. I appreciate it. My pleasure, Richard. Do you struggle with concentration? Have you ever thought of your brain health long-term? Bomar Nutrition is revolutionizing the nootropic and cognitive health industry with sharp nootropic powder and patent-pending bright daily capsules, powered by NeuroBloom. If you struggle with focusing, think of Sharp as brain food that supports concentration. Sharp works with your natural brain chemistry to provide a heightened sense of well-being that can delay cognitive decline and also increase mood. Bomar Sharp tastes amazing and comes in many different flavors available in caffeinated and non-caffeinated versions. While Sharp is a short-term aid in cognitive health, think of Bright Daily Capsules as a way to improve overall brain health and prevent cognitive decline long-term. As we age, so does our brain. Supplementing with Bright has the potential to delay this aging process and helps your brain function optimally. Stay ahead of the curve and order yours today at bomarnutrition.com and save $5 off with code GENIUS5. You've been listening to the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. If you like what you hear, be sure to review and subscribe to the Finding Genius Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And want to be smarter than everybody else? Become a premium member at FindingGeniusPodcast.com. This podcast is for information only. No advice of any kind is being given. Any action you take or don't take as a result of listening is your sole responsibility. Consult professionals when advice is needed.